Well, hello, lovely friends, and welcome to everyone joining us today. It is my joy, as always, to come and share a few thoughts uh, with you. And um, what I'm bringing to us today is something that fits within our discipleship focus that has been a focus for LifeHouse over the past year and continues to be, and then also the launching of Alpha this month. And so um, I just trust that it's going to be uh, both an encouragement um, and um, hopefully inspiring and um, provoking in some way as well, because uh, God has something for us to step into. So today's message really is um, a mandate, but it's also this beautiful invitation um, to every person who knows Jesus and is following him. So I have entitled this message, Therefore Go. So let's dive in and see what the Lord has for us today. Now, I know that many of you know, and you can hear from my accent, that I am originally from South Africa. And when I was eight years old, um, I had a wonderful grade school teacher in South Africa, and she was just larger than life in every possible way. She, um, she wore flowing dresses, she had long flowing dark hair, she wore these big round glasses, and she just loved her students so well. She exuded the love of Jesus, and her name was Mrs. Lucius. And um, every day she would read us a different story, and we loved story time. And during one season, she read us Pilgrim's Progress. And after she had finished that very powerful story, she invited anyone who wanted to know Jesus to stay after school, and she said she would tell us how we could meet him. And so five of us that day stayed behind and we met Jesus. And I just remember this irrepressible joy filling me and it just never left. And I remember laughing and I actually just ran all the way home from school and I remember bursting into my house and saying, Mommy, Mommy, I gave my life to Jesus. And I remember my mom looking at me and saying, What did you do that for? Because at the time, her only frame of reference, really, in terms of Christianity, was um, attending Mass in the Catholic Church. And so she had a, a reverence and, a, and a, a love for God, but she didn't understand that you could actually have this personal, intimate relationship with the living God. But the beautiful thing is that within a year of me getting saved, my mom was saved as well. And then one by one, my whole family came to know Jesus as well. But here's the amazing thing. This amazing teacher of mine did not just introduce me to Jesus. What she did was she discipled me. And um, so she helped me to know and she helped me to grow in my relationship and my understanding of the Lord. And what she did was she gave me this little box of scriptures and they had um, all these uh, different color cards. And on each card um, had been, um, each a scripture had been printed on each one of these cards. And you would take out a card every day and read it and memorize it. And um, the first scripture that I took out of that box and memorized was the key text that we are looking at today. And that is Matthew 28 verses 18 to 20. So let's, um, let's read that. 
uh, this is Jesus speaking, and he says, it says, Then Jesus came to them, and that's to the disciples, and he said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Now, if we just look at verse 18, in verse 18, Jesus says, all authority has been given to me. In, if you read Ephesians 1, Ephesians 1 beautifully unpacks the truth of uh, Jesus having all authority. And in Ephesians 1, Paul talks to us about how Jesus is seated far above all rule and all authority, power and dominion and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And in Ephesians 1 verse 22, it says, and God has placed all things under his feet and has appointed him to be the head over everything for the church. And then you get Colossians 1, verses 16 to 18, where Paul unpacks it in a, in a beautiful way as well. And this is what Colossians 1, 16 to 18 says. It says, For in him, meaning Jesus, all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead so that in everything he might have the supremacy. And that scripture for me is one of those mic drop moments of scripture where God's like, and that's it. There is nothing that can surpass this glorious truth that Christ has the supremacy in all things. Just magnificent. So based on just verse 18 of Matthew 28 alone, our only acceptable response as disciples or as followers of Jesus based on the truth that he has all authority is explained to us in verse 19. So verse 19 starts and it starts with this word therefore. Now whenever in the Bible you see the word therefore you need to pause and you need to say I wonder what this is therefore because what has come before that word is very important to take note of because what precedes the word therefore has a direct bearing on what is to follow after the word therefore. So Jesus says all authority has been given to me therefore and then here comes what is required. He says, therefore, on the basis of the fact, as a result of the truth that all authority has been given to me, I want you, therefore, to go. And um, so that is our only acceptable response when we understand the truth that Jesus has all authority. And that's why that little word, therefore, is so key. Now, um, we are called to be demonstrators of the glory of God in the earth. 
and in Colossians 1.27, which follows on just a few sentences later from the mic drop moment scripture that we just looked at about Jesus having all authority, in Colossians 1.27, it says this beautiful truth. It says, Christ in me, the hope of glory. Because Christ is in us, he lives with us. There is the hope of glory. Our wonderful friend Steve Wilkins from All Nations Church in Ottawa um, says this, and I, I just love this quote from him. He says, the only way the earth will know God and everything he is and everything he does, his power and his presence, his character and his nature, is when they encounter men and women who have themselves seen him and been transformed by him. Transformed people transform the people around them. Jesus said it in this way. He said, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you to the very end of the age. When Jesus is saying, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, that's our response. That is the invitation and the mandate that we are given as believers and no one is excluded. But look what Jesus is saying. He says, baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. He's talking about this beautiful covenant relationship that you see in our triune God's relationship. And he's saying, baptize the disciples into this beautiful relationship that I have made a way for all people to enter into. It's so magnificent. And then he says, and teach them to obey. Being a believer and a follower of Jesus it looks like something, right? There is action required. He says, teach them to obey. If we're going to teach other people to obey, we have to be the ones that obey first by going. And then he says, this beautifully gives us this promise that um, we are to teach them everything, he says. And then he gives us the beautiful assurance that surely he is with us always. But that word everything, where he says, I want you to teach them everything, it's so important that we understand when we go and we make disciples, we must teach people the full counsel of God, not just our pet scriptures, not just the things that, that we feel comfortable with, not just the aspects of scripture that we enjoy most. We are to teach people the full counsel of God. Under the, and, and in the assurance that Jesus Christ himself is with us always. So in Acts 1 verse 8, Jesus said it this way. He said to his disciples, you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere. In Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So for us, that would be him saying to us, you're going to be my witnesses, telling people about me because you've, you have received the Holy Spirit, which we, who, who we all receive when we give our lives to Jesus. The Holy Spirit himself comes and lives with us. And so we all have the Holy Spirit. So we all have already received the Holy Spirit if we are believers. And Jesus holds this mandate out to us, just like he did to the disciples in Acts 1. 
And he says, I want you to go everywhere. Be my witnesses in Jerusalem, which would be your local um, sphere of influence. And then he says throughout Judea, which would be a region. And then he says in Samaria, which would be maybe going to several provinces, you know, uh, away from us. And then to the ends of the earth. So we go to our our local, we go to regional, we go provincial, and then we go to nations. But we literally, what Jesus is saying is, I want you to go everywhere. Wherever you have a sphere of influence, wherever you happen to be positioned today, is where I want you to go today. So, um, I think coming back to the story I was sharing with you, my teacher understood that to go didn't necessarily mean she had to go across the world. For her, going was um, an intentional um, seeing her students the way that God saw us and treating us as precious children that God adored. And, you know, years later, when God did call me to literally go across the world and, and come to Canada, it was as a direct result of her initial choice to intentionally go and influence the world around her. She intentionally influenced her sphere of influence. And for her, that was her classroom and her students. And I am forever grateful that she did that. Now, sadly, what has happened in, in many uh, churches and for, for several centuries is that um, what happened was the church started to have a gathering mindset as opposed to a going mindset. And what I mean by that is that it became almost easier and still is today for, for many church communities. It's almost easier for believers to say, well, I'll raise money and then we'll just send a few select people to go and do the going. And you often see missionary organizations that have sprung up. And I think so often those missionary organizations sprung up because the very precious people who were part of it understood this mandate to go. And they, were, and they really were looking at the situation and going, well, if the church isn't going to do it, I'm still going to go and do it because I know what Jesus has called me to do. And so many of these organizations sprung up as a result of the church's inactivity. But we are all called to go. And God's plan has never been to set up missionary organizations. God's plan has been local church where people are saved and equipped and, and we all are sent to go and, and affect and influence our sphere of, of influence with the gospel. So... You know, I mean, you'll even see it in, in some Bibles where, uh, you know, where the publishers have put maps in the back of the, of the Bible to kind of help us understand ancient geography. But the title very often on Paul's journeys is Paul's missionary journeys. And it should be Paul's apostolic journeys because Paul didn't go to those regions and establish missionary organizations. Paul went to those regions and established local churches. He raised up leaders. He equipped believers and local flourishing churches were established with elders and with a beautiful, healthy um, governmental structure in place where people could be safe and they could grow and then they could in turn go. And, and they all had a massive influence on their region as a result. 
So honestly, everyone is called to go. And friends, that is what the Holy Spirit is just stirring in each one of us at this time. He is saying this mandate that Jesus gave the church is front and center. And I want you to step into it. Every single one of you understanding that you are called to go every day. Um, to whoever is in front of you that day is who I'm asking you to go to. Jesus said we're to go to our neighbors across the street, down the road, to our towns, our cities, regions, territories, neighboring countries, and then to the outermost parts of the earth if that's, he, that's where he would have you go. But it's all-encompassing, and honestly, it's going to take every single one of us to achieve this. Now, I've done lots of um, short-term outreaches into different parts of the world. I love doing them, but honestly, I can tell you it is easier to go and do a short-term outreach somewhere else than it is to daily go across the street to my neighbor or to uh, just talk to the person in the store. It seems sometimes, and this is a lie, but it seems sometimes more noble, it's more exciting to do the going somewhere else. But the truth is that we are all called to go to the people right in front of us right now. And uh, I think it just comes, to making, comes down to making a decision, really, and a determination that every person that is in front of me today is a person that Jesus wants to reach. So let me tell you a quick story. Um, when uh, Seth, you know that James and I have got two boys, Joel and Seth, and uh, when Seth was six years old, he's now eight, when he was six years old, he gave his life to Jesus. And I encouraged him when he did that to go and spend some time and just ask Father God uh, what, what it is that he has for Seth to, to do at this time. And so Seth, he went away and he came back a while later and he said to me, Mom, God showed me and told me that I have a job to do. And I was like, that's awesome. What did he say? And he um, and Seth said, Mom, God told me that my job is to tell everybody that I know and everyone that is around me about Jesus so that they can know him too. And then he said, but Mom, God said it's not just my job. He said our whole family has to do this job. And it was just so beautiful to hear. And it just delighted my heart that the very thing that the Holy Spirit had spoken to me when I was eight years old and got saved was the same thing that he was mandating Seth with. And uh, that just, it just thrilled me. But a few days later, Seth was just looking really glum. And uh, he's not like that. He's a very, very joyful child. And so I just said to him, Sethi, what's going on? You're just looking a bit down. And he just said, Mom, I just, I just need to know, when does this job that God gave me, when does it start? <laughs> and I remember I just, I just laughed out loud and I just, I just said to him, oh, Sethi, that's so beautiful that you're even thinking that. And I just said to him, I've got such great news for you. The job starts now. And I hear the Holy Spirit saying that same thing to us. As, as a church, and I, I think he's saying it worldwide, he's saying to us as the body of Christ, your job to go into all the world and make disciples of all nations, it started already. The job starts now. If you've been deliberating and questioning, let me make it clear. The job starts now.
So, uh, if you know me, I love to make things very practical. So, just in, in concluding this, just let's look at some very practical questions and just some suggestions that I have that can actually make it easier to put this mandate into practice. So, the first uh, practical question I would look at is who is called and who is qualified to go? And really, the answer to that is everyone. Everyone who belongs to Jesus is called and qualified to go because God the Holy Spirit is with us. Do you remember our verse? Christ in me, the hope of glory. He's with us. He, he equips us as we go to do the very things that he's called us to do. And this is for adults and children alike. So please encourage your children to step out and to understand this truth. If they know Jesus, they can make disciples. And then what does it require? Well, first of all, it requires us knowing God. It requires us knowing our God and understanding that he lives with us and he is always with us. And it's understanding that he is at work within us and his power is the thing that works so powerfully in us to perform his will through us. And then it's really important to also know that it's his will that everyone be saved and come to know him. Let's not buy into the lie that, oh, well, you know, Jesus doesn't want to reach that person today. If someone is in front of us, um, it is an opportunity to, to, if nothing else, to pray for them, to, to bless them. Let them encounter God through you in some way. But don't find a reason not to. Don't look for an excuse not to. Our mandate, church, is to go. Um, and really, on, just, just on that note, if you're watching this and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, I just want you to know that he loves you and he knows you. And he has already made a way for you to come into this relationship that I've been describing. He's already made a way for you to come into a place like that with him. And he's already forgiven you for all your wrongdoings and failings. He's not looking at all of that. He's looking intently at you saying, will you come and be a part of the life you were created for? So I urge you, if you don't know him, please, connect with us and give us the privilege of walking alongside you and enabling you to know and grow in this God just the way that my teacher did. So our third thing, how do I go? Well, just very, very practically, um, I just want to encourage us before, before we do anything else, Pray about the situation and the people that are within your sphere of influence right now. Because what happens is that when we pray, um, God shares his perspective with us and everything changes as a result. And I want to urge us to pray big, bold, hairy, audacious prayers because our God is the God of the impossible. And I want to encourage us to start imagining what our situations and the people around us are going to look like when they've had an encounter with the living God. Things change when God is there. And so as we start to pray and have a conversation with God about our sphere of influence, then he shares his perspective with us. And then something amazing happens. We get to start prophesying, declaring and speaking into that situation the things that God has shared with us. Here's why 
prophesying into a situation is so important. It's important because whatever we fix our thoughts on becomes magnified to us. And when we've fixed our thoughts and our attention on God and what he's saying about a situation, then God becomes magnified in that situation. And then all we do is we declare God's will and his purpose and his longings and his desires into that situation. We prophesy. It's so powerful because God backs his will with his power. And then really, the only thing we have to do after that is put action to it and go. And we go into our everyday circumstances just knowing that um, we can be fully persuaded that God has the power to do what he has promised. He's going to work through us. He's going to perform his will um, in us and through us to draw people to himself. It's such a beautiful way to live. And the amazing thing is this. If you will determine to live this way, I guarantee you a couple of things. First of all, you are never, ever going to be bored again <laughs> because you're going to realize you have a very big job in front of you and their boredom is never going to be a part of your life from, from here on out. You're never again going to question what your purpose is. And I, I think if you get a hold of this, you're never going to spend months or years again agonizing over what is my calling, how do I fit in, all those things that we so often do agonize over. Instead, if you are a part of God's family, you just settle it today that you're called to go. We are called to go everywhere, every day, in every place, and in every way. So where you are today, honestly, is where God is going to use you and work through you today. We're called to go across the street and across the world. God's the one who determines where he actually sends us, but we have to settle it in our heart that as his children, we're called to go. And I just want to say to us that going is a very natural result of knowing the king. So we know him, we grow in him, and therefore we must go in him to the world around us so that they can come to know him as well. And so I just want to leave you today with um, a blessing. Now, the blessing, the song, has been such an anthem for this pandemic time. And there's such rich, beautiful words in it. That song captures the heart of God for people. You can feel his longing at this time when the world is so um, caught in fear and confusion. His longing to just draw people to himself and to let them know that he is with them and he loves them and he is for them. And um, that is the same heart that he has for every single one of us today. He says, in your going, I want you to remember who is with you. And so I'm going to, I just want to bless you with these words as we just determine in our hearts today that we are all called to go and to make disciples. And so remember God is for you and he is with you. And as we choose to walk in this, um, take the step of obedience today, hear these words. May his favor be upon you and a thousand generations, and your family, and your children, and their children, and their children. May his presence go before you, and behind you, and beside you, all around you, and within you. He is with you, and he is for you. And so friends, I bless you with the truth of that, and our only response in Jesus' name, 
is therefore to go. Thank you very much, Lee. That was an amazing message. Therefore, let us go. I hope we can take it to heart and apply it in our everyday lives as we walk with Jesus. Are you connected to a life group? If not, please visit our website and you can see more details on how you can be connected to one. Remember that our online kids ministry has started up again. So if you need details, please email us at info at lifehouse.ca. We look forward to seeing you in person at our outdoor Sunday service next Sunday. Make sure you register online to save a spot. Also, please check your weekly emails for more details. Otherwise, we look forward to seeing you back here online. Have, Have a blessed, blessed week, church. church.